Welcome to Talking Wyndham, your weekly insight into the people who make our city surprising, fascinating, vibrant and interesting. Talking Wyndham is an initiative of the Committee for Wyndham. All the latest news and events are on our website and Facebook page. G'day and welcome to another edition of the Talking Wyndham podcast. My name's Kevin Hillier, here of course with the Committee for Wyndham. And uh, jump on the uh, on the Facebook page or the website, check out uh, everything that's going on with the Committee for Wyndham and all the uh, the partners that are involved as well. Special offers there from some of our uh, terrific supporters, so make sure you take advantage of those. And also of the, uh, the programs coming up, many of them online of course with the COVID-19 restrictions. Uh, so uh, all the details on the Facebook page and the website. Today meeting another terrific uh, Werribee celebrity uh, and personality, it's Trish Vaby, OAM, JP, civil celebrant, amongst other things. A fascinating story to tell about her time uh, in the uh, in the city of uh, Wyndham and, of course, about uh, what she's doing at the moment. COVID-19 has thrown up challenges to all of us. Trish has met hers head on and she's still managing to do some terrific work in the community at the same time. So uh, let's have a listen to the Trish Vaby story here on the Talking Wyndham podcast. Hope you enjoy it. Trish, thanks yes. so much for spending some time with us. Has as lockdown and what we're in at the moment is it is it completely changed everything about your life? Has it turned it upside down? Personally, I suppose not a great deal. Professionally, in very many ways, um, as you probably are aware, I'm a celebrant. So um, the premier has banned marriages, which has caused a lot of angst among us couples. Also not knowing when they can book their weddings or what they can do. And, of course, the domino effect on the wedding industry is, is just heartbreaking with yeah. florists, venues, etc., catering. Uh, on the funeral side, because they're so limited with how many they can have at a funeral, is heartbreaking. And, of course, many are choosing not even to have a funeral service. So oh. we're looking at a lot of emotions there. In my voluntary role as a JP, much to my surprise, I found that uh, most JPs chose not to make themselves available. So on the Department of Justice, I'm listed as the only JP within the city of Wyndham. Is that right? Wow. Yes, which surprised me. Um, I have some backup JPs that are happy to help me if I get snowed under. Uh, but look, for various reasons, a lot of our JPs are in the older age group and I choose not to admit what my age <laughs> is there. Um, but, you know, I take my – to be honest, without wanting to sound, you know, over the top, but I take my, my roles pretty seriously. And if I'm appointed to do something, that's what I do. So I've got an office set up on my front porch <laughs> and uh, for safety reasons. Yeah. My clients get a, a full email of guidelines of, you know, what they have to do and they all arrive with pen, with sanitizer and heavily masked yeah. and happily abide by it as I witness. They're so happy to get their documents done. They're coming from everywhere. I get them from Melton, Footscray, everywhere, all oh, over well. Melbourne. Two weeks. Mm. That, that amazes me. You're the only one uh, in operation in many ways. Hey, can I ask uh, the, the role of, uh, of a justice of the peace these days, how has that changed mm-hmm. over the years in terms of, I mean, documentation uh, has certainly changed. Uh, what, what sort of stuff are you, are you having to work with these days? What 
we do is purely witnessing. Now, witnessing can be witnessing a signature. We are um, able to witness not only Victorian documents but also national and international. There are some countries that require notary public, but uh, they are very few and far between. Um, we also sometimes will be called on to witness events. I can recall with some other JPs witnessing a union vote, you know, where they did their enterprise bargaining agreement and voted on. I've voted, I've witnessed where you buy a boat and it's a, a cash sale to somebody, but you want someone to witness that that's what's happening. So I've stood there whilst the, the bank cheque has been handed over and have co-signed the receipt and that type of thing. So we can witness any anything at, at all that's legal. Okay. What's the process to become a, a JP, Trish? Is that, uh, is that a difficult process? Gosh, it was so long ago, Kevin, I'll have to remember. <laughs> How long have you but been a JP? I was appointed in 1996. Oh, wow, that is a long time. Mm. I then was working in a law office, yep. um, which is my background, and oh, it was a large major law firm and it was just so handy because lawyers, again, can only witness documents within the state that they are registered. Yep. Oh, so this okay. meant that, you know, being an international firm, I was able, I was very useful to them. Yeah. And it went on from, from there. And then um, much later, I helped form the, the branch of, uh, of JPs. We had a, um, a very active branch here in Werribee for quite a few years, which was good. But um, you, 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 the form is downloaded off the Department of Justice. You need to be nominated. I can't remember how many people, but you know, because it's a voluntary position, and it's very time-consuming. It's important that everyone understands what is involved. It's not just getting the initials after your name. Yeah. I think a lot of people would be surprised it's a voluntary position. They're very surprised. And we aren't allowed to accept anything, uh, which many cultures find surprising because coming from a culture where bribery is so much, but that's why we can't. And we, you know, it, it's surprising that... Other people that are authorised witnesses are allowed to accept payment, but justice of the peace and the police force, we mustn't accept anything at all. Well, you couldn't be more transparent than uh, doing it on your front veranda. No, you're quite right. I've got wonderful neighbours, thank goodness. <laughs> One of them had visitors and said, what's your neighbour doing? And I believe you got heated. And all these men were queuing up in my driveway, you know. <laughs> and I believe you've got heaters set up and everything. So is it, so, you know, it's, I have. I have, yes. I've got an outdoor heater set up and... Yeah, I'm all I'm all set. Yeah, but I've been doing it for about six months now, so uh, it's almost becoming the norm. Well, but, let's hope know, that's not the case. Let's hope it doesn't ever become uh, the norm. That would uh, be that would be a tragedy. Uh, hey, tell us yeah. about uh, when when the kind of this this stage of the lockdown came in. I would imagine there were people who who wanted to get married for you know a number of reasons. Did you did you have kind of rush to to get some through before the uh, the, the sort of lockdown happened? Well, I did have. I only had one that I could bring forward because. The, of the 30-day notice that uh, people have to give for their marriages, oh, okay. many couldn't. Some wanted to be able to have their family there and they chose to, to wait a little bit longer. I've got, when the lockdown is lifted, it's going to be very busy. But I cannot understand, you know, how I'm having to say to people, no, you can't marry. 
because we before in stage three we could at least do what we call the legals, which is the couple and two witnesses. Yep. And I just did them here, and you know that was fine. That was no problem at all. But uh, now to be doing none at all, it is causing a lot of problems. Are yes, you expecting because- uh, come the thirteenth of September? Should all things be all the ducks be in a, in alignment that we go back to? Uh, well, hopefully go back to at least uh, the the previous lockdown uh, setup uh, where that will come back in vogue again. One hopes so. Yeah. One certainly hopes so because it it. I don't understand why we couldn't perform marriages. You know, I just do not understand it. Yeah, and and the funeral one is uh, is been uh, one that's that's been really uh, very, um, I guess, very sensitive for a lot of people because as you mm. as people quite rightly mentioned, you only get one funeral. There is you only get one crack at it, um, mm. and it's obviously a very emotional time for a lot of people um, uh, not being able mm. to be part of it if it if it does go ahead. And that what you mentioned earlier, where people have actually decided not to have funerals, that that to mm. me that that is a real a real concern. It I personally find it heartbreaking because yeah. I, among other celebrants too, we put a lot of work and effort into making sure that the person who's deceased is given a good a good send-off, as we say, yeah. and the family also feel that they've said goodbye to their loved one. And I still make sure that's what happens. We don't shortcut the service or anything. It's still the same. But you know there's been heartbreak where perhaps one of each family comes along because so they can have their 10 people. That's, you know, it's, it's very, very, yeah, it's very hard. restrictive. It's very hard. It's very hard. But the fact is that there were situations of it being uh, abused where uh, the, the distancing was not put in place. I mean, it's yeah. the, the bottom line is if everybody did the right thing, we wouldn't be in the position we are, you know, to, to be fair and not wishing to be political, yep. as though I would be. But, you know, really, I think that if everyone had done the right thing, we wouldn't be in this position, yeah. But sadly, not everybody did. No, that's very true. Hey, uh, tell me, uh, what uh, what kind of got you into doing the the marriages and the funerals and be, becoming a celebrant? What 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 attracted you to that area? Well, I'm a very much a people's person, but that wasn't it actually. As a JP, in the old days, going right back, JPs could perform marriages. So in the early part, people would say, oh, could you marry me or could you bury my mother or whatever? Well, I thought I was being asked so much. So I thought, oh, what the heck, I'll I'll do the course and then I'm here if people need me. Well, I'm very blessed because, um, well, up until now, I've been very, very busy and had beautiful brides of all different cultures or different age groups. It's lovely. I've always mm. thought that being a marriage element is a is a lovely thing, and, a, and it's a it's a it's a time of joy and a time of great happiness mm. and and hope and all those things that happen when you when you get married. Mm. Doing the funeral part of it, though, I've always uh, and uh, you know spoken to people like yourself and Shane Burke who who, who work in the yeah. area. Um, always wondered how you do that because uh, as a, and you are a very emotional person too. How do you control your own emotions in that in that situation? I suppose the best um, analogy is I'm an ex-nurse and so that probably gave me a lot of basic training yeah. in because that is part of what our training is. And then when I did my funeral course, I also coupled it with um, with a, a grief training course. 
and uh, you do need to be very astute and very mindful and um, knowing Shane very well, he also is the same. We're both very emotional people and we do have empathy with people and uh, that is terribly important is to have the empathy. Yeah, no, it is obviously a very, very important part of uh, of that. Has the has the way um, they're done uh, changed much in, uh, the, since you've been doing them? I mean, it seems to me from the outside that uh, funerals have now become more a celebration of someone's life than than the kind of, I guess, mournful thing that they they were. I mean, I remember going to someone I was a kid, and they were very, very solemn occasions, and still keeping the solemn part of it. But there's more of a celebration of someone's life these days. Well, it it entirely depends on the family, but I suppose we remember before the days of celebrants when everything was held in a church. And, of course, then, and in those days too, the the church would follow whatever the book says. Now, even the churches now have become more flexible. But as a celebrant in all situations, we're not stuck to any rules and regulations. So you can do anything you like. So if everyone wants to have champagne, we can have champagne. But I find on the whole, people are serious with it because they are saying goodbye to someone that they've loved very much. And so it's a matter of being respectful. You can be a little bit more adventurous and a bit more uh, sort of uh, wild and wacky with the marriage side of it. Where's the the most unusual sort of places that people have asked you to, to perform their wedding ceremonies? Look, I'm a pretty conservative person, so I haven't, but I do make it clear that I refuse to jump out of planes, nor do I go into shark infested pools. Well, you're no fun at all, I find actually that the the young ones are quite conservative. Yeah, you might read about all this, but when it comes to the bottom line, even when it comes to the music they choose, uh, it's very rare that I've gone into a meltdown with the music. Yeah. You know, they've always chose. I've found their choices have been quite, quite conservative and quite romantic. Right. <laughs> so romance is still there, loud and strong. Yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, that's good to hear. Um, you got an order of Australia for your services to the community. To tell us about your your, your days in Werribee. When did you? When were you first in Werribee? Well. I actually moved to live in Werribee in 1979. Uh, I bought a house here with my son. I was then on my own. I'd been divorced. And um, my girlfriend, uh, who's well, the family's known, Joy Burgess, the Burgesses were pretty well known in Werribee, the Thompsons, uh, she was a very close friend. And so I was lucky that I already knew people who was almost like family. So my son went to Westbourne. And I just got involved in all the things at Westbourne that you do and served my time as a, you know, chairman of the Mother's Club and, you know, all those things and cake stalls and what have you. Um, and, yeah, I just uh, always been involved in community things, got involved in a couple of organisations and, yeah. 40 years. <laughs> did, did When you moved in in 1979, did you think you'd still be living in Werribee 40 years later? Yes, I did. I, I, I okay. think because of the, my own personal situation at the time, yeah, my life was just evolved around working and you know paying school fees, supporting my son, and paying the mortgage, and and all. And my social life was all around that, and that's how I think I met so many people because uh, you know I just made my social life with things, you know, and yeah, yeah. But I never thought of moving ever. 
the uh, the changes that you've seen. What are what for you? What are the uh, the the good and bad that you've seen in the forty years of changes in the in the city of uh, of Wyndham now and Werribee as it used to be? Known? Yeah, um, the bad is I think the unbelievable growth and the tiny houses. I remember attending a meeting many many years ago about the future of Werribee and the planning, and they brought up that they were. The whole idea was wonderful that you start off in a in a unit, and then you move into a small house, then you move into your Macca's mansion, and then when the children have gone, you move back to a smaller house, which sounded wonderful, except because of the economy, families are buying these smaller houses with plastic grass and everything. Yeah. And, and I just find there's nowhere for the kids to play. And I think, yeah, we could send our kids out into the court and play till it was dark or go to the playground and the world has become that you can't do that anymore. And I, I think that's awfully sad that the kids are, are not getting the freedom. You know, so they sit in their room with their computer games and, yeah. or else go to controlled uh, activities and they're not left just to be kids. And I think that's a shame. Um, so the, the growth and the traffic, the traffic, the traffic, are <laughs> uh, getting out of where, I mean, we never had traffic lights in Werribee and now to get out of Werribee takes 30 minutes. It's just ludicrous. Um, you know, infrastructure. But the, the good side is that we, is always with what comes with growth is that we have a hospital, uh, we have a shopping centre and, uh, the the public transport is certainly better than what it was forty years ago when it was a little chuff chuff train. So you know, and, and yeah, there there are things that come with growth that are very good. Um, small business, you know, I'm very very much always promoted small business and always felt that was important to our future, which Werribee thrives on small business. Well, when uh, when you moved in in the that late part of the seventies, there there was hardly any business here at all, was there? It was no, uh, you no, know, the, no. The, the plaza didn't open until what eighty five or thereabouts. Mm, mm, um, so it mm. was it was pretty much the CBD and the little strip shops in Hoppers, and that was about it. That's right. One one supermarket. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Good old Watton Street. That's right. Well, Watton Street now is unrecognisable to what it was. Unbelievable. What's so sad though, and what you miss for us older older members, you'd go down the street on a Saturday morning and you'd be there all day because you'd be talking to everybody yeah. and you'd go and have a cup of coffee and, you know, it was all very social. Now you're an hour's parking. <laughs> so you haven't got time to go and talk to anybody, you know, and you want to go in and buy something, well, dare you take longer and you're hit with a parking ticket. Yeah. So. That makes me angry. The, um, mm. the the development of Werribee South. I mean, when you moved in in that late part of the seventies and stuff, that mm. really was the it was the food bowl mm. was the uh, the mm. Werribee South farmers, and it certainly mm. escalated into into a lot of different things now. Yes, I, I think that uh, the farming part is so crucial to us, you know, because it's excellent farming area, and they work so hard. Um, I'd love to see more development down there. It's sort of making it more festive. I'd love to see the beach where, with a coffee shop where you could have coffee and, you know, make it more user-friendly for people to go down there and, and sit there. It's, you know, it's, it's not an ideal beach, but when you look what Eltona did to clean up their beach, it would be lovely to see if something happened 
here yeah. and uh, where, you know, you could really in- enjoy it down there, which is it's not quite user-friendly at this stage. Tricia, you've you've always been involved uh, also in uh, in the community side of it, and I know you're involved uh, with a, a few organisations. Tell us tell us a little about uh, your your involvement with op shops, and and also your involvement with the the schools and the breakfast club programs that you've you've been involved in over yes, the years. Yes, well, the breakfast club is run by the ladies in of Rotary, and that came over having dinner with Peter and Liz Ross, and it came up in conversation. So uh, we go along to one of the schools and uh, and do the break. Well, not now, but you know, we do the breakfast, the cheese toasties, and all of that. It's yeah. lovely. We you know, really enjoy that. Um, well, I'm not involved with an op shop, but you're probably talking about what's just happened. Is that I I got this? I read this plea on Facebook. Someone wanting desperately clothes because she work uh, she works within the um, the ha- the community housing for disabled and intellectually impaired, right, okay. what have you. Yep. And they always buy their clothes at an op shop because some of them, they have various health issues and they, this one particular gentleman tears his clothes and, you know, it's one of those things. And she was desperate. So I've sent a plea around for clothes or money towards a voucher because what a wonderful, wonderful job those people do. I mm. mean, they're unsung heroes. And she told me all the problems they're facing under this lockdown because you try and tell a person with a mental disability what a lockdown is and they have no comprehension because often their comprehension is that of a small child and they just don't comprehend what what it's about. They don't want to wear a mask. Why should I do that? Yeah, they don't understand and uh, huge problems. So... I'm absolutely delighted to date with the response for that because I, I love to reach out and help something that I see as a, a need. You know, something I'll, like when I was on the board with Western Health, I used to run breakfast there and we used to do fundraising and do different things to get things for the, for the hospital, you know, yeah. How can people get involved in that uh, in that clothing drive that uh, you've got on? Is there somewhere they can, can go for that? clean out their wardrobe and yeah. instead of taking it, now it doesn't have to be brand new clothes because remember these dear souls um, often you know for various reasons they they may need a change of clothes several times a day. There can be a lot of health reasons involved. So clean out your wardrobe, male, female, any size, because there's Houses everywhere, and also for children, there can be children's clothes um, for sort of primary age children yep. or teenage children. There is a quite a quite a need, and then as I said, they can also um, donate to my bank account by highlighting what it is, uh, at, or else giving a voucher for Kmart. Uh, because that is where she said she can do the best. And, um, yeah, so it won't just be – it started off just for one house, but now it looks as though we're going to be able to provide for quite a few. And it is an ongoing thing. If we can save her save her and her colleagues having to go to op shop and find things in the right size and everything, yeah. we might be able to help them in that way. Is there a mm. central point people can go to, like a website or a, 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 a something that they can – Contact. No, because it's just me. Yeah, it's just okay. me doing it for this girl. All right, so no, they can terrific. contact me. It's just a one-off, you know. That's I mean, it's not something that we're doing, you know, like like that. It's just something that I offered to do, and and I'm just thrilled 
with the people that are offer, you know, that are prepared to help. I really am. Well, if we just put even two or three of the items that we now can't fit into because of lockdown, now you'll have uh, you'll have truckloads of clothes. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right, Kevin. Trish, yeah. let, let's hope that uh, lockdown doesn't last for uh, for any longer than it should, and uh, and let's hope that uh, we get back to uh, performing marriages very soon, and also um, being able to to uh, celebrate people's lives in the in the way that uh, that they should be celebrated with uh, with funerals. So, we thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much. It's just lovely. It's been my privilege. Thank you. And keep up the good work. Thank you very much, Kevin. Thank you. Thanks to Trish for her time and for dedication uh, to our city and to the people in our city. Uh, more of that uh, will make uh, living uh, just in these these trying times and also just uh, living uh, day-to-day in the best of times uh, certainly a lot more bearable. Thanks to Trish for her time and a contribution to our city. Thanks for your time listening uh, to this podcast. Many more coming and, of course, all the back episodes are available for you to have a listen to as well. Take care, stay safe. I'll talk to you again soon on the Talking Wyndham podcast. Thanks for listening. Talking Wyndham is an initiative of the Committee for Wyndham. All the latest news and events are on our website and Facebook page.